Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. which as you all know is Japanese for Achtung, Achtung. My name's Al Murray and you're listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk, the podcast all about the Second World War. After three hard weeks of conflict in London, our tanks have rolled westward as we've opened a new front in the battle-scarred villages and hedgerows of Wiltshire, a particularly testy bocage, otherwise known as home to my regular podcast partner, historian James Holland. What have you been up to since I last saw you, James? Well, I've been finishing off my Normandy book, and I've actually been out to Normandy as well, doing a little bit of telly out there, Lovely. and a um, little bit of a recce, and we were doing some B-roll, which is, you know, those sort of general views, uh, and just motoring around and seeing stuff that I hadn't seen. So I went to Ondefontaine. It's a little village on a hill, one of those places that's kind of minor, minor battle, but if you were involved in it, it was a major, major yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Sherwood Rangers Yeomanry and a local battalion to me, the 4th Dorsets, and, you know, a, a terrible place to fight, but... Boy, is it beautiful. I mean, my goodness, what a lovely... When you go to Normandy, um, uh, do you do what I do and, you know, have a plate of the tripe de col and uh, get into the cider? More of a Calvados man myself, right, okay. actually. I really love the Calvados. Excellent. Because I do really like... Uh, and it's one of the things I really... The food in Normandy is particularly... It's particularly good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not the healthiest, but it's yeah. it's just fantastic, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, plastered. So anyway, how about you? What have you been up to? Um... Well, I'm I'm completing my uh, write, writing and learning my and honing is a terrible word my um uh, my new stand up show so um I've been sort of bolting bits on and and it's been a week of going actually I need to write a bit about this bite the bullet and write a jihadi bride joke <laughs> <laughs> and and the b word well there's lots of b word in it and um I did a preview the other night and I think what's quite interesting is some of the mood on the on the b word seems to be changing which is quite interesting mm. is that people you, there was always someone who'd go oh come off it if you did a joke about brexit and now that they've they seem to have um they seem to have gone quiet <laughs> but there we go you know <laughs> fail to plan plan to fail um anyway a reminder of our format ladies and gents frankly it couldn't be any simpler in each episode we'll explore a physical thing from the second world war and try to tell its backstory we've already looked at a piece of spitfire wing a german machine gun and a german radio and we'll revisit a forgotten thing or person from the war, maybe an event or battle that slipped out of sight, but we believe is a story worth telling. Plus, we're going to answer as many of your questions as we can. Um, we'll use the hashtag WeHaveWays on Twitter. And, and actually, we put some questions out uh, uh, the other day, and we've had some very, very interesting stuff come to us. So let's get started. Brian Spurgeon. Um, uh, on Twitter, because these are questions on Twitter on the hashtag We Have Ways. Why exactly was it a bridge too far? I mean, Evans, because um, they got the others, but not that one. Well, yes, yes, yeah, because the, the 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 scene famously is uh, Dirk Bogard on his balcony um, once uh, once um, Sean Connery, Brian Urk, uh, 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 Roy Urker has returned from Arnhem. Says, "Well, I think we maybe maybe we went a bridge too far, chaps," and we're all supposed to think. What an insouciant um, wanker he is, <laughs> uh, and it's all his fault and, and all this sort of thing. But there is a there is a school of thought 
Um, and I think it's in, uh, I can't remember which book it is, whether it's William Buckingham's book about Arnhem, which is very, very good, about Market Garden, not just about Arnhem, or whether it's in Seb Ritchie's book, uh, uh, Myth and Reality. And I'm in, uh, we're in James's um, man cave, it would imply that there'd be paintings in here, daubings on the wall. But in fact, there's there's about a thousand books. I'm looking at I'm looking at the, the, this wall of books here. Some of which I've got, some of which I've read, some of which I know my father's got, some of which have gone to the great secondhand bookstore. I mean, there's there's an Oxfam around the corner from where I live, which is the best stock military history library in West London. I don't know <laughs> that they sell any of them on. Anyway, um, and Seb Ritchie's book there, Arnhem Myth and Reality, which is an which is a fantastic dissection of, and the myth is the the, the myth busting in that book, for want of a better expression, is really really good. And he, I think it's him that says. Because the original one of the one of the one of the uh, Arnhem options they looked at was the Vasil, which is the crossing they did the following year in Operation Vast. And if I remember rightly, Dempsey favoured that. That's right. You turn... who was command of Second Army, British Second yeah, Army. That's right. And you turn right rather than go up. Mm. So it wasn't uh, quite so far to go. And yeah. It was, uh, and there were only two bridges, not three. And yeah. Uh, uh, and so there's a school of thought that says maybe that's what what they meant by that is we, we what we've got is the muscle to do two major river crossings but not three and that the third bridge is the bridge too far and and the, and, and the problem is is it, it, river crossings i mean these are not small rivers no first of all i mean this is not like you know i don't know crossing the avon at salisbury i mean it's 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 a completely different caliber these are big wide yeah. major thoroughfares of water yeah. and you've got to get across them and you know you're a, you are a mechanically driven very heavy army and you've got to get across somehow yeah. and, and you're being canalized onto the bridges which is your access point to get across them otherwise you're stuffed so you've got to get to them and capture the bridge intact then get across and obviously these are nodal points yeah and if you're defending something what do you want to defend you want to yeah. defend crossroads railways marshalling yards um bridges i mean these are all points which force your enemy to converge on a certain yeah. point which yeah. is why they're so crucial because the river the river of vasal is is uh, is incredibly it, it's the rhine proper it's not the nader rhine it's not because what happens in yeah. holland is the rhine the it's rhine, big rhine it's it, yeah it's big mainstream rhine as it were and you, it's the you, rhine that's been straightened in the end of exactly, the 18th century and, exactly and you go see it and it's those enormous barges going up the river with the water going over their bows because yep. they're so laden down with their goods on the way up yep. to rotterdam or whatever and and that is a that's a serious obstacle yeah but 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 of course and in 45 they they successfully capture it with an airborne landing which people had, which opinion is very much divided on whether that was even necessary at all because the germans were beat supposedly and and also that was staged as a major river crossing with amphibious vehicles with with all sorts of treated as an amphibious landing rather than a rather than a bridge yes, and, and, it, and, it's, and it's also worth pointing out that a lot of bridges have already been destroyed by the allies yeah. and they've also been destroyed by the germans yeah because the germans need to be able to you know to, to stay ahead of that bridge mm. they need a bridge yeah. so they can get across it but obviously the moment they've they no longer got that territory, they're going to blow it up. Yeah, yeah. So there's a sort of huge race on. So yeah. it's not like you can sort of concurrently converge on six bridges all in a kind of you know ten mile stretch or something. Yeah. Because all the others have gone. There's yeah. only there's always well, only and, one in that particular stretch. Well, a market garden runs into a real problem immediately because the bridge at the Son's blown and 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 
that, that's the, the whole crossing of the Vaal and all yeah, the rest the whole of thing it, falls you know, apart which, yeah, which is yeah. the 82nd Airborne day yeah. I mean it's just an amazing operation yeah. so so uh, why exactly was it a bridge too far Brian we hope you've answered we've answered your question there um, uh, it, because it was is the uh, uh, concise <laughs> reply um, uh, uh, an additional question what's the largest capacity ma- I mean these, what's interesting is we war films have, have featured in these questions and understandably because I think, I mean, for lots of people, that's their first point of contact with history, with, yeah, with no, Second absolutely. World War history. Um, uh, Which is why I kind of get so depressed when I yeah. watched... I mean, I really enjoyed Dunkirk, and I really enjoyed Darkest Hour as a movie, but as a kind of piece of history, you just sort of go, oh, yeah. you know, why, why couldn't you just... Get that right. Get that right, actually, yeah. And so an additional question, which sort of tags onto that, is what's the largest capacity magazine fired in any war movie? Well, <laughs> must win by a substantial margin has got to be Clint Eastwood and his Infinite MP40, MP40 yeah. his Schmeisser out of the bus at the back of the end of um, Where Eagles Death. Although having said that, Tom Hardy's um, Spitfire in Dunkirk must be quite high. Well, he is about... Well, what, I, I, counted, I counted he... at least 75 seconds. Right. Uh, of, of film time of him firing his guns without replenishing them, when obviously it was only 14.7 seconds, as everyone knows. Well, there we go. Everyone knows. I mean, that. I think, in a way, Clint's uh, MP40 is like a metaphor for Allied um, material preponderance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should do a PhD in that. I mean... <laughs> and then, um, yeah. Oh, we got another one here. Yeah. The guns of Navarone got to have been the same size as a Gustav and Dora gun, says Et in Arcadia Datum Est Atticum. That's a name and a half. It is, isn't it? Um, Your brother would know well, what I Well, actually, maybe, because the <laughs> Gustav and Dora guns, were these, these were these totally pointless and stupid guns that were 31 and a half inches diameter um, calibre, or that's 80 centimetres, so that's the yeah. best part of a metre <laughs> <laughs> that's Blimey. a muzzle that is yeah best part of a meter Good God. i mean that is just insane and they they required something like four and a half thousand men to to uh to man them i mean it, it is the most ridiculous thing ever and only one of them i think ever fired once in the how much of charge would you need in a sh- <laughs> to fire a shell <laughs> ludicrous mats you know and by the time they're being used in operation in in the summer of 1942 in the um in the crimea yeah against sebastopol um <laughs> the Germans are just really short of everything. Yeah. So if you're really short of everything, do you think it's a good idea to build the world's largest railway gun? You know, I mean, I would argue possibly not. <laughs> <laughs> also, they use gas. It's the only time gas was used in, 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 in oh, really? anger uh, in the Second World War was um, at the siege of Sebastopol. Really? In summer of 1942. Yeah, the Germans used gas on the Russians. And did, uh, the, the Russians didn't reply in kind? No. But quite a lot of them died. How fascinating! I didn't. Mm. I did not know that. And was that fi- That wasn't fired from the from this gun. No, though, it no. wasn't. No. <laughs> no. I don't know. Okay, it. we just need to take a short break now to check our iron rations. We'll be back in a moment. Now we have a question that actually uh, tips us nicely into the thing I want to talk about today. Um, which is many films have been made. Scarlon on um, uh, Twitter says many films have been made about various aspects and missions, true and fictional, of World War Two. Guns Are Never of course, is a fictional story. And- yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But if you had to make a World War Two film, what would it be about? Well, I am trying to make a World War Two film <laughs> as it happens. Um, uh, 
it's um, based on a novel I wrote 12 years ago called A Pair of Silver Wings, and that follows the fortunes of a guy who's a fighter pilot in the Second World War, and he's in England and uh, then Malta and then northern Italy, and it's told partly from the wartime perspective and partly from 1995, the 50th anniversary yeah. of the Second World War, as an old man, he's having to sort of come to terms with what happened to him, the trauma of what happened to him back in back in the war. It's sort of sort of journey of redemption in many ways. Um, so I am kind of doing that, but... Um, I give so many to choose from. Well, you see, because the, the thing, the one I would, the, the one that I would, I would posit, I would put forward now is because uh, is from Normandy in 1944, Overlord, and it's a guy called uh, Tim Rosevere. Yes, and the antics that I mean, because they're antics. And this is the thing: is is obviously uh, one of the things you got. You, I've all, I always as I've as I've grown up i've realized what you've got to do is you've got to pull out the pull away from the boy's own aspect of this thing and look at it seriously and take it very very seriously but this story is as a, as as sort of boy's own as it as as anything that you, so this is our forgotten thing this is our forgotten thing yeah right, so okay well because because so major tim rosevere is in th- uh three squadron re royal engineers he's a sapper and uh, his job is to blow some bridges um, on the on the Allied left flank, so in the east of eastern Normandy, over the River Dee, over the River River Dee. So you've got which is you're right, completely forgotten about. Yeah, and uh, because and the reason it's forgotten about is because of Pegasus Bridge and the Merville Battery. Okay, six, so to, to, so what is going on here is. This is really important, and I think it's one of the most important things about D-Day. Everyone always bangs on about kind of, God, they should have got to con on on day one. Actually, the most important thing is that you secure the bridges over the River Orne and the Con Canal, which are immediately to the east of Con, and immediately to the east of Sword Beach, the furthest easternmost of the landing beaches. Yep. Then there is some high ground, which is called the Breville Ridge. Yep. You want to hold that high ground, and then it drops down again into the Dee Valley. So there, there's a whole load of bridges, yep. which the airborne troops have got to destroy so that the Germans then can't get across them. Yep. So they so, they can access their, their ridge, yep. hold that flank, but the Germans can't come and get at them crossing the River Dee yep. very easily. And that's six airborne's job on D-Day. And, and yes. of course, everyone... And vital. And everyone remembers Pegasus Bridge. Of everyone remembers that. It's in the longest day. I mean, again, as, you know, war films point of historical contact yep. with people's imagination. And then Lord Lovett, so they, they had yep. this very overstrong third division full of commandos, which put it up to about 23,000 men, I think, from, from 16,000. Yeah, um, and everyone sort of goes. Well, why didn't you just shove some of those up towards getting con? It's because getting con is not the most important thing. The most yeah. important thing is securing your flanks. If you can't secure your, secure your flanks, you can't then link up your bridgehead from yeah. all all the beaches yeah. and push forward. So but it's, it's but absolutely it's, essential. But it's double, isn't it? It, 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 it? it they can't. You can't get out if you don't secure the bridges, and they can't get in if you don't yes. secure the bridges. So you've so it's it's got a double purpose. Yes, and and the. Because because the the uh, the Con Canal and Orne bridges are I mean they're only they're only what three four miles from the coast aren't they Yes so about, about so, three miles inland Yeah so, it's three miles inland So if South. so if so if you if you if you if you're the Germans counterattacking you can get across those bridges you can get right up inside the the landing and disrupt the landing totally Whereas if you've if if the if you're the Allies and you've secured those bridges and and the high ground yep. you you can you can actually carry on unmolested 
um, on that beach and, and and get on with get on with loading men and loading kit and loading gear. Absolutely. And there's a port and there's a port, of course. Uh, we drummers, so yeah, ish, ish. Uh, so you've got. But the big point is then getting that highland, which yeah, is yeah. Breville Ridge. And the reason you always want highland is because if you've got the highland and you can see stuff, yeah, and you can put guns behind it, and you yeah. can you can have an op, an observation post, and you can sit down there and you can you know from Breville Ridge you could. In theory, put your guns behind it. Have OPs on the top of that, fire down onto well, the beach, direct, onto con, onto direct naval fire. Everywhere. In yeah. fact, so you so you can do anything you like. So so you really want to have that high ground. And again, the high ground, if the Germans had it, would work in their favour. Whereas it's a double plus for yeah. the for the British if they've got the high ground because they can look down on any Germans yeah. trying to advance and trying to get across the Devon or come round from the Bugabus Ridge yeah. further to the south. Yeah. So six Airborne's job is to secure this flank, and. And we all know about Pegasus Bridge, which is incredibly, incredibly a brilliant gliders coming in. Yeah, incredibly Six glamorous. Gliders, one goes missing, but the other five yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And and of course, Horsa Bridge is the one that, that no one talks about, which is they do the same a mile up the road, half a mile up the road. There's a there's a, the second bridge, and then you've got the Mayville Battery action, which is very famous because 150 guys get to the rendezvous that 600 are supposed to make, and they put the attack in anyway, and half of them are killed or injured, and it's all. But meanwhile, there's this second set of bridges um, uh, 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 and rivers and uh, uh, water obstacles that have to be addressed. And arguably, they are of greater strategic and tactical importance because the Orme Bridge, even if they had collapsed, the the Con Canal there is not very wide and nor is the River Orne. And you could have bridged that completely comparatively quickly. Yep. I mean, it's a massive help it not being blown up, yep. but it's not completely disastrous. But it, had the bridges over the Deve been yeah, intact... It's access to the high ground that's actually possible. Then, then, and, 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 and could could troops from 15th Army, which borders at that point, the next German army along, if the, and 21st Panzer, if they could have come across the River Deve, then we'd have been in big trouble. Yep. So actually, I would argue that those bridges across the Deve, it's more important that they're blown probably, than that Pegasus and Horsa are captured. So the plan is, sappers are dropped in, their gears, there's some dynamite and stuff um, uh, in gliders and in and in uh, uh, dropped supplies. There's a, there's a company of uh, infantry from uh, Alistair Pearson's battalion, who, uh, eight power, I think, who are supposed to, who are supposed to accompany these engineers to these bridges on the on the Deve and the Bure, and incidentally, great story about Pearson. Well, I'll just quickly interject. Oh, over Sicily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know this one? Of course I do. Of yeah. course you do. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, anyone who's listening who doesn't know this, so he's going across, and the um, the the pilot of the Dakota gets the willies, decides he doesn't like the sound of it, and turns around, and he goes, "Turn back!" And he goes, "No, no, no, it's far too dangerous, far too dangerous." And he goes, "Turn back!" And he says, "If you you," and points a gun at him, and he goes, "If you shoot me, you won't be able to land." And he goes, "We're paratroopers; we don't need to land." That's right. Yeah, that that myth's got well, that story's got so many bolt-ons as well because there's the story that one of his. One of his paratroopers had trained as a pilot or something. There's a yes. there element where he, so I'll get one of my boys to fly the plane anyway. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, anyway. so that's the measure of Pearson. That's exactly. It. So, so the plan is they're dropped, and of course they're dropped at midnight. Um, a great deal, of, a great deal of the land around there is flooded, um, to create a water obstacle against parachute landings. So the drop zones are uh, uh, have been picked very carefully, but you have the problem of. You have the problem of bad weather. You have the problem of, and and not to do anyone a 
do anyone down. You've not necessarily got the best air crew in transport command, and and also that the at this end it's it's bomber command repurposed aircraft. So you've got people going out of the holes in Sterlings and Albemarles and all that sort of thing. So what you've got is a, there's a plan, and of course the thing about Pegasus Bridge is that's the actually the only bit of the Allied airborne plan, British airborne plan that goes according to plan on the night. Absolutely everything else requires um, improvisation, requires people... Massive rejig. Massive rejig. People figuring out where they are, what they're doing, how they get some people together. And Rosevere is the perfect example of this. So he lands in the wrong drop zone, five miles from where he should be. Takes him a while to realise this, figures it out, thinks, right, well, uh, I don't have this company of infantry that's supposed to accompany me. What am I going to do? Pull some people together... And sets off on foot to start with for the for these bridges. And he gets about he gets a couple of miles and then thinks this isn't this isn't working. What am I gonna do? So he commandeers um a Jeep from some medics with a trailer. He fills he throws all the medical equipment. Has that, has that been parachuted out? Has that come down in a glider? That's come down in a glider. They, they couldn't they couldn't parachute drop um Jeeps at this point. So everything's everything major, every everything everything bigger than a basically bigger than a guy and bigger than a a mortar or by a horse. It's come by horse glider <laughs> and landed somewhere, you, you know, and obviously you, you you tended to have landing zones and dropping zones so you don't get congestion with the air plan and so you don't get, you know, uh, people being people being yeah. run over by gliders. It's, right. So 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 you all the gears in the wrong place, the people in the wrong place, and he assembles uh, um, uh, uh, a group of people, sends a lieutenant off to blow um, uh, another bridge, and then gets this bunch of guys together in a jeep, throws all the medical supplies out of the jeep, and the medics are going, "You can't do that." He's going, "Well, we've got bridges to blow, and we're running out of time because they land at sort of they land at kind of midnight." And and the, 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 I mean, the thing about this is, Rosevere wrote the wrote the war the war diary the description of this so you go you, there's the thing called the pegasus archive on online and the war diaries on there can be either dry as dust or they can be personally authored by the by the um you know uh by the person who did the thing and rosevere's is one written by him so you've got little details like our position was confirmed by a signpost at the crossroads so <laughs> so no matter how lost they were they yeah, went, well, that'll where, do it where, where, where the fuck are we <laughs> all right okay all right so we're on the ronville lamarique road so i mean uh, uh, after he's landed on taking stock we appeared to have a recce boat a mark ii camouflette set um, four 500 pounds of uh, plastic explosive and 45 general wade charges which are for blowing bridges um, besides an adequate n- a number of accessories, beehives, etc., HQ Link 68 set and Wine 18 set, so radio sets. We had only six trolleys, however, sufficient anyway to carry out some form of de- demolition on our three bridges. So they have three bridges to destroy. They've scraped the gear together. He gets some officers together and he's got about 60 sappers. So they set off on this march. And then he, re- like I said, he realizes he's running out of time. So he gets this Jeep and, and, and these sappers together and they drive. To the they drive to the bridge and the on the Dive and of course the on the Troan River rather, which is his the bridge he's decided he's going to blow, and he has to drive the bridge is the other side of a village, and the village is full of Germans billeted there, um, and they're creeping up on the they approach the bridge and they're, they're um a sentry challenges them, and they leave the they, the sentry fires a shot and they let him go, then another sentry challenges them and one of the guys shoots him dead with a sten gun and that wakes the entire village up 
Yes. Right? And they're all going, they're all basically going, don't, 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 don't shoot him. He shoots him. It wakes the entire village up. And then what you have is quite literally the Germans who are billeted in the village. As they drive through the village in a jeep, coming down from their billets, pulling their trousers up, getting their rifles out. Taking pot shots. Alarm, alarm. You know, guys set up a, a, a machine gun in the street and uh, and uh, Rosevere drives them down, right? He uh, just runs over them. Runs over them, yeah. And... In all this kerfuffle, Sapper Peachy, who sat in the trailer at the back with a Bren gun, is thrown from the fr- thrown from the jeep, and they don't go back to get Sapper Peachy. They don't recover him, and he never used to go to the regimental reunions. As a result, he yeah, he's he, been still been he a bit sore go, about yeah, it. Yeah, still really annoyed for the rest of his life. Wouldn't go, right? So Rosevere and his men they get to the bridge, they blow the bridge at Troan, and then they and then they disperse and turn tail and and try and work their way back to the to the to the ridge, to to get back into um, Pearson's battalion area. I mean, it's right out of Kelly's area. It, it's isn't completely it? yeah, and and it really is. Blokes driving blokes driving through a village in it, 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 it's Who absolutely wins? extraordinary. And and what's really interesting about it is I well, I think what's really interesting about this is the British Army and I know the I know the Airborne have got their own like way of looking at things arguably or their own their own um esprit de corps whatever you want to call it it's it's supposed the british army's supposed reputation is that you no one ever you give people their orders and then they'll they'll try and they'll try and do what's in their orders but that's it that there's no there's no initiative and there really is no initiative is sort of how the british army's especially in especially in uh, normandy's characterized they don't take the initiative they sit back they, they let stuff happen and rosevere is rosevere Quite clearly, here is the is the opposite. I mean, Airborne Legend says that when he got in the jeep, he said, "I'm off to get my VC," and uh, <laughs> he's one of those people. He didn't get a VC, so so it's all very well. What but did I you think, get for it? Did you get anything? Get an MC? I, I think I, I can't remember. Thinking got an MC. It's quite, but it's quite the most extraordinary story. Meanwhile, um, uh, Brigadier James Hill is cursing his loss of tea bags and wandering off with with Glenn, the Alsatian that has parachuted down as yeah. well. Yeah, which is just okay, yeah, absolutely amazing. But you, you're making a really, really good point about this because one of the arguments about the kind of sort of putting the German troops on a pedestal is about that you know they all had Alpha Tactic, which is mission command, which basically says, you know, in a nutshell, it is about using your initiative. Yeah. But I remember looking through a sort of British training memorandum from I think it was like March 1941, and it says, you know, make your orders really simple. Just just give them the objective and the means to take it, and then let them get let let the your subordinate commander get on with the job in. Hand, yeah. which is mission command. I mean, that is yeah, the same thing. Tactic. Yeah, it's the same thing. And I think the interesting thing about it is, is that if you are a conscript troop soldiers and you don't really want to be there, and you're only even an officer or or an ordinary soldier because it's the war and because you have to, you're not really interested in using initiative. Yeah. If you're in the airborne forces or the commandos or the SAS, you're there because you've volunteered to do so. So you're motivated, and if you're motivated, you'll use your initiative. Yeah. And it's exactly the same with the Germans, actually. Yeah. So, you know, if you're from an Ost Battalion or a static static infantry division or one of these really rubbish, under-trained, you know, under-equipped divisions, you're going to do absolutely the bare minimum yeah. to get by uh, and not get yourself shot. If you're in the sort of 12 Waffen SS Hitler Jugend, you're there because for the most part you've chosen to yeah, be yeah. and you're kind of fanatical and Political, you're up for it and, motivated yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and all those sort of yeah. things so you're you're going to use your initiative more and it's an and initiative is nothing really i don't think it's so much to do about training it's about it's about motivation yeah well rosevere was certainly motivated i mean I, yeah I, I think it's i think i mean i think it's 
what I like about it is is it is it's sort of the opposite of the Pegasus Bridge story, which you know all goes according to plan and everything's peachy. Yeah, and this is this is him and it and this you know there's uh, Breeze and I think there's a guy called Jukes as well who do the same thing. They 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 all they they say they divvy up the bridges. Right, you're going for this one, you're going for this, and they and they they blow all three bridges and they do it well, by this morning. Is, this is the amazing thing about about the Allied airborne plan. For all the worry about it and Air Chief Marshal Sir Trafford Lee Mallory having kind of the heebie-jeebies about it beforehand. He's the overall Allied air commander for the invasion. And, um, you know, he's sort of writing to Eisenhower the day before going, I really don't think we should have this. You know, it's going to be a slaughter. I foretell death on the beach, yeah. you know, death on the, in the parachutes and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and Eisenhower quite rightly says, says you know, I'm sorry, mate, you know, we have to go with this. We absolutely need them. And despite the scattering, despite the kind of loss of Brigadier Hill's tea bags, um, despite lots and lots of cock-ups all the way along, both sets of airborne troops actually deliver everything they need to do because yeah. they do secure the flanks. They do prevent the Germans from counterattacking from from their sides. Um, and those bridges are all destroyed on the Deve, the Orne Canal yeah. and the and the, um, uh, the Conn Canal and the River Orne are, are captured. And the Americans get all their objectives too. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is, it is a, you know, it's a total success. And actually talking Brigadier Hill, I mean, you know, what he says beforehand, everyone does that, has their different, different pep talks. I mean, what he says is, is, don't be worried if chaos reigns. Yeah. It undoubtedly will. Yeah. And that's what you're trained for. You're trained to kind of think yeah. on your feet. I mean, I, it, the thing is, is I think the Rosevear story, is, it, it, it's best told in his own words. Uh, I, I, I can't actually... It, this is And this is the, the, the battle diary. So this is the nine, Troan Bridge. So this is the action at Troan. We set off down the road at a moderate pace with everybody ready with a Bren and several stands for any trouble. Just before the level crossing, we ran slap into a barbed wire... Uh, knife rest roadblock right one Bosch fired a shot and then went off it took 20 minutes of hard work with wire cutters before the jeep was freed so they tangled the axle and the barbed wire we then proceeded on leaving behind it a transpire leaving behind it transpired later sapper moon right so they'd obviously they'd not realise. Right. Yeah, it's not dark, realized. isn't it? It's, it's, like when you count, it's like when you count the kids on and off of a minibus, isn't it? Two scouts were sent ahead to the crossroads. And there's a grid reference. As they arrived, a Bosch soldier cycled across complete with rifle. On being dragged from his bicycle, he protested volubly, and we made the mistake of silencing him with a sten instead of a knife. The town was now getting roused, so we lost no time, and everyone jumped aboard while I tried to make the best speed possible. As the total load was about £3,000, we only made 35 miles an hour. At the corner, here the fun started, as there seemed to be a Bosch in every door, <laughs> That's just in every doorway, shooting like mad. However, the boys got to work with their stens, and Sapper Peachy did good work as rear gunner with the Bren. What saved the day was the steep hill down the main street, as the speed rose r- rapidly, and we careered from side to side of the road as the heavy trailer was swinging violently. Oh my God! I tell we, you what, I mean, I've driven around in a jeep enough times, and they're not the most stable. No, no, they're not. They're not. No, and not not with like loads of hairy ass paratroopers in them. On arrival at the um, bridge, uh, 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 sorry, hang on. We were chased out of the town by an MG34, which fired tracer just above our heads. On arrival at the bridge, which was not held, we found Sapper Peachy and his Bren were missing. So he'd fallen off. Um, 39 general wade charges were immediately placed across the centre span. A Gore-Tex lead connected up and the charge fired. The demolition was completely successful, the whole centre span being demolished, giving a gap of 15 to 20 feet. The time taken was about five minutes. I decided Troan would not be a healthy spot to return to. <laughs> so we drove the jeep up a track due north towards Bure as far as possible and then ditched it. Lieutenant Breeze made a recce of Bure, which led him to believe it was occupied. It was now about five o'clock in the morning. 
The party therefore swam several streams south of Bure and took to the woods. A good deal of MG42 fire from the direction of the road junction made me alter my plan and I decided to make for Lumeniel, which was reached at 1300 hours the next time. That's absolutely incredible, isn't it's it? It's incredible. And, and it's so understated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. That's where the fun started. God almighty. <laughs> anyway. That's amazing. I think... and. and the, the, those those diaries are worth a look. It was one or two you you end up written by the you find written by the protagonist rather than just sort of we moved this grid reference. There was some enemy we you know yep. put in an attack or whatever. Anyway, that's that's it for this week. Um, yeah, thanks, James. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, uh, uh, we need to stop and do a little reconnaissance. Thanks for listening, and do please subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review. We need your ratings and reviews. And most importantly, send us your questions and stories. On Twitter, use the hashtag WeHaveWays. See you soon. Cheerio.